It is said that growth happens outside of your comfort zone. Well, this year has been anything but comfortable. Reflecting on the year, I felt that there were three key takeaways that have shaped me as an educator and will inform my work going forward. Welcome to Common Plan with Delgado. On today's episode, we discuss three key things I learned this year. All right, welcome to Common Plan with Delgado. This is probably the episode that will close out the year for, for most of us. So I wanted to, to reflect and compile a list of the, the key things that I've learned this year, the key takeaways of the year for, for myself and, and share it with you. And uh, so this is, this is what I came up with. The first key thing that I learned this year is actually something that I discussed in my first episode. And this is that digital learning is a new standard. The idea that incorporating technology into our instruction is no longer optional, it is a requirement. And I think that we've all come to this realization and hopefully we've had this opportunity to get comfortable with the idea and get comfortable with the technology and uh, the methodology of using technology within our instruction and incorporating distance learning or a blended approach to our instruction. And as someone who has worked in online education almost a decade ago and with a master's degree in instructional design and technology, I felt that a shift towards a more technology-driven education model uh, was not only inevitable, but essential. And of course, I didn't realize that the entire national education system would be forced into this model of distance learning overnight, but that is what happened. And, and as a result, I think that we've all realized that technology has become an integral part of what we do as educators. And hopefully we've, we've started to embrace that. At the very minimum, like I mentioned in the first episode, is we, we need to have an LMS or learning management system that we feel comfortable using and that our students can easily use. For some of you, this means Google Classroom, Schoology, Microsoft Teams. For others, including myself, this could be a collection of tools uh, used to communicate with students, deliver instruction and assignments, and track progress. The core of my learning management system consists of Remind, Google Forms, Instagram, and most recently, Flipgrid. I have an entire episode on Flipgrid in which I go into more detail about what I, how I used it and my thoughts on it and some tips for anyone else who, who wants to try uh, Flipgrid, which I highly recommend. Um, and going forward, I think that these, these tools remind Google Forms and Instagram, uh, as well as Flipgrid, are the tools that I'm going to build my instruction on and irrespective of what next year looks like. So that's kind of up in the air right now. We don't know exactly what next year will look like. Will it be a blended model? Will there be are we going back to brick and mortar, face-to-face model, or uh, will it be completely online? We don't actually we don't actually know what next year will look like. But for myself, it it almost doesn't even matter what it looks like because I know that 
I'm going to be using these technologies with whatever happens next year. Okay, so the next key takeaway for this year is Instagram is EdTech. I've become increasingly intrigued by the power of Instagram as an instructional tool. I actually started my Instagram account to use with my students just over a month before school closures. And my original intention was actually to use Instagram mainly as a tool to help my students review for the upcoming EOC exam, which actually never took place. But instead I've realized that there's an immense potential in leveraging Instagram as an educational tool. So one of the reasons I think Instagram is such a powerful tool is the fact that we could use Instagram as a source for our students for credible news. So often our students are ill-informed or misinformed by social media. We can actually use our social media channels to curate credible news and information for our students so that we know and they know that if it's coming from one of our channels, then hopefully it's more credible than something else they might find on their own through different media channels, uh, social media channels. So I like that, that aspect of it. For, for myself as a social studies teacher, I love that with Instagram, we can easily make history relevant. We can post current events and connect them to historical topics discussed in class. One example is the, the parallel between COVID-19 pandemic and the Spanish flu pandemic of World War I. Uh, there were a lot of posts being made about this connection, and um, I used some of these posts myself, and I um, included them in my stories, and um, it got students thinking about uh, making that connection between history and current events and making it seem a lot more relevant than when you only stick to the historical topic in class. So uh, we don't always have time to, to make these connections in class, but using Instagram as, as a way to supplement what we discuss in class, I think is really enriching tool. And one of the really neat features of Instagram, especially for history teachers. Instagram is an excellent tool to give students a voice to offer the platform to students to discuss not just historical topics such as civil rights and other social movements, uh, but also current issues such as George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, especially with everything going on right now, giving students uh, this platform to express themselves and to get their voices heard, I think is, I think is extremely powerful. And this is not just something for history teachers or social studies teachers, I think. And even if you don't teach history, you can still use Instagram as a platform to share student work and to empower their voices with whatever the topic happens to be. Another aspect of Instagram that I like is that you can go deeper into subjects and topics that you don't have time for in class. I know that we're always kind of rushing through topics and effort to keep up with pacing guide. And with Instagram, you can use it to delve deeper into topics without compromising pacing. And this can be, of course, really easily used for social studies, but also for any other, also for any other subject. 
could be used to clarify topics that maybe you know some students weren't 100% on. Even some subjects such as algebra can use this for topics where you, you know that some or a certain group of students needs more help on a specific topic. Post content to help your students understand it on Instagram and continue to move forward with the rest of your students and just use Instagram as a source for remediation or for review or for supplemental instruction for the that small group of students that you think needs more help. And this could be any subject, any teacher, it doesn't really matter. Of course, I, myself as a history teacher, I am looking at it from that perspective, but it really could be used for any subject. There's so much more to be said on this topic of Instagram as an instructional tool that I may dedicate an entire podcast episode on it. Um, but I would like to hear from you. If you think this is something you'd be interested in, please let me know and, and I will definitely work on that. Okay, the last key takeaway uh, from this year for me is the fact that I am a teacher mentor. Uh, I'm as passionate about mentoring teachers as I am students. I've been providing guidance and mentorship to younger teachers to some degree for the last four years. But this year, however, I was officially assigned the role of mentor to a first year teacher fresh out of college. And it has been immensely rewarding to put so much time and energy and effort into this relationship and then witnessing the transformation of this budding educator. I really think that this experience has helped me come to the realization that this is part of the part of the profession of of being an educator that I love and that I'm passionate about and that I want to continue building on. And actually it was this realization that led me to to start this podcast and to start writing uh, more about the the craft of teaching and this realization actually led me to to change my perspective and how I see myself as a professional and actually I changed my my social media bio and my LinkedIn headline to mastering my craft and facilitating the process for fellow educators and I, I really see this as a new direction for myself you know over the last six years I've been painstakingly working on becoming a better educator myself, but now I'm motivated to help others along in their process of growth. And this is this is why I'm this is why I'm doing all of this. This is the impetus to the podcast, the articles that I'm writing, the Instagram that I'm using to share valuable content to help to help fellow educators grow in their professions. episode i hope that you found some value in it if you did please like follow share with a fellow educator you can find me on social media i'm on facebook at comment plan with delgado on instagram also at comment plan with delgado and delgado history and on twitter at delgado history thank you for listening see you next week